0: Hello, Chris. Welcome.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Uh, Chris is from We Have Fun. They are We Have Fun official on Instagram. And um, as the name implies, they have fun, but it's a particular type of fun, right, Chris?
1: It can be. It <laughs> <Can> uh, <be? laughs> leans a little more towards the spooky side sometimes, I guess.
0: Most of the time, I would say like pre-COVID, it was all spook all the time.
1: Yeah, probably the, the best stuff. Um, we ended up taking the whole month of October off last year and did a spooky road trip throughout the United States. And it was an amazing time and probably some of the best stuff we ever posted. <laughs> and uh, it's been a little quiet lately with uh, the pandemic and all.
0: Right. So you and your partner, Danielle, like to go on these spooky road trips throughout mostly the US. I don't think I've seen you do anything in Canada or overseas.
1: No, I'd I'd love to do a road trip through Canada, but it's as you know, it's pretty sparse up here. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we have a couple of major cities across the country and they're all pretty far apart. So, well, you you have Kingston,
0: Kingston's super haunted.
1: Yeah, yeah, you've got uh, I think it's Fort Henry. I I went there for a Halloween thing, I think two years ago, It Mm -hmm. it was a pretty good time. We've got a we actually have a lot of haunted locations across Canada and. A lot of uh, interesting spooky history everywhere you go up here. So,
0: Spookies, well, we were just talking before we got on here that uh, there was grave concern that Halloween is going to be canceled this year.
1: I know. I, I hope not. I, I hope we either have a solution to what's going on with the, the pandemic Um, or we figure out how to do it safely, that we could still have a good time and enjoy everything that comes with Halloween, but safely without spreading the virus.
0: Right. But the whole irony with Halloween is it's the one time of the year that people willingly and unpolitically, well, I mean, maybe, wear masks.
1: (laughs) True. So that adds a whole angle. Maybe Halloween's the safest holiday for us right now.
0: Maybe Halloween is going to save us all.
1: Maybe we need to make it all year round. Get everyone to wear masks every day. (laughs) All
0: year round, Halloween, nonstop. Um, I'm into it. Um, Okay, so first of all, I want to ask you about the giant Ouija board. I love Ouija boards. I don't allow myself to play Ouija board anymore, but I love the aesthetic.
1: Anymore. Uh, We're going to hear some stories from you about that.
0: (laughs) Too spooky for me. So when... uh, where was the giant Ouija board?
1: This was down in Salem, Massachusetts and we ended up going to a paranormal convention down in or up in Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan. This mm-hmm. was um I think August or September of 2019. Mm-hmm. And, and while we were there we, we met some some people who um they run the Talking Board Historical Society which is a group dedicated to preserving the history of the Ouija board. And they actually have a museum in Salem. Um, so one, one of the members of this society is this guy, Rick Mortis Shrek. Um, <laughs> yep. <laughs> he has a tattoo shop down in New Jersey. Um, mm-hmm. His family actually has a reality show uh, on Amazon prime in the U S called house of Shrek. And he's just a, he's a good, you know, like, Genuine, really nice, talented, creative kind of guy. Um, So, we met them at Paracon. They did a presentation on the Ouija board. Um, They actually had a mini museum of Ouija boards set up in in one of the conference rooms. Mm -hmm. And I had my first Ouija experience there, Mm -hmm. uh, led by Karen Dahlman, who has actually written books on the Ouija board. And she's a very talented person. And she's been using the Ouija board, I think, since since the seventies and kind of guided us through using it, both Danielle and I. And so who
0: contacted you through the Ouija board?
1: um, We didn't have any direct response. The planchette moved around the board and it was moving to different letters and it it was kind of like, and and I've heard this from Karen is when you start using it, it's kind of like you're learning to use it or it's learning how to move around, or it's um,
0: learning to use you. Could be.
1: Is it the idiomotor mm-hmm. effect? Is it something from beyond? Is it communicating with our subconscious? Mm-hmm. We don't know. But it was a very interesting, spooky experience. as my first time using it. I was always scared of them growing up, and mm-hmm. you know, this this nice woman is telling me, you know, there's nothing to be scared of. You know, we're gonna do some protection spell going into it and, and, um, you know, we're going to close it out properly. And in her history, you know, she hasn't had, I don't know if it's been any or, or, you know, she's probably had a small amount of negative experiences, but, uh, you know, we, we felt comfortable going in tried it out and it was a good time. So, um, this intrigued us and turns out we, we kept in touch with Karen and, and Rick and, uh, Rick told us that they were doing OuijaZilla, which is the world's largest Ouija board. You can park something like five or six full transport trucks on it. And they were doing it right down in Salem, Salem Commons Park in Salem, Massachusetts, Mm -hmm. which is uh, one of our favorite places. Um, We had just gone there uh, earlier.
0: It looks like a skate park, like the Ouija board thing. It looks like a skate park.
1: Yes, you you could probably yeah you could you could skate on it you could totally shred. I'm just looking it.
0: at the photos. Uh, you can go to uh, We Have Fun official on Instagram, and I'm looking at the photos, and there's somebody proposing to a woman with a, a jack o' lantern purse, and that is yep. fantastic.
1: <laughs> they, I think they had several proposals. Um, <laughs> one was was planned ahead of time with Rick. And he had the guy come up on stage and and you know kind of baited him into to doing it. And mm-hmm. none of us were in on it, especially the bride. And it was a magical moment. We also oh. had a wedding party come by, um, tons of families and people that were interested in it. And mm-hmm. it was it was a very cool event. And it's something that you know he worked hard. I think for about a year and paint hand painted every single piece and did it all in his garage and then shipped it out there and built it in a torrential downpour and uh we helped out we helped out the day of the event we helped with the disassembly and uh packing it away and everything and it was it was a cool time were
0: they trying to lure a giant ghost
1: (laughs) i don't think he had any intention for it other than you know this is something that he yeah he just he wanted to do it he thought why not it's it's uh it was a goal in his mind mm-hmm. and uh he ended up making it happen but it was hilarious because there was actually a good amount of fallout online afterwards of people saying oh my god you're gonna summon a demon <laughs> all these bad things are gonna happen and
0: like with the monsters from like the sim that simpsons halloween episode
1: pretty much yeah i and think you're there's just like seeing
0: a... just don't look yes <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's uh like a cthulhu meme or something coming out of the board or something i i remember seeing but um overall it was it was good positive response and uh, everyone had a great time and he pulled it off and you know I, I think he's he may have something you know that he's planning um on a much larger scale so we'll see we'll see see what happens with the so
0: going back so you and i have known each other for I want to probably. say ten years.
1: Yeah, I'd say yeah, probably ten or eleven years.
0: I met you uh, with some other people we won't mention at uh, <laughs> a vegetarian restaurant in Toronto.
1: Oh boy, <laughs> Chris is not
0: vegetarian. <laughs> no. Um And uh, and and we've been friends. But so knowing you as long uh, as I have, you've always been into the spookiness things Absolutely. side of life, and you were a part of. Some type of zombie ensemble in Toronto.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I I love just, Halloween.
0: Just, just uh, uh people keep pointing out to me that I pronounce all the T's in Toronto, and it like freaks them out.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, you're not actually from Toronto, then.
0: I guess not. But okay. Anyways, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna start saying Toronto because that makes you sound like I'm from Buffalo. Like twenty dollars, <laughs> it costs twenty dollars in Toronto. No. No, it's great. Uh,
1: yeah. No, I I it's funny. I I just turned 37 yesterday. Happy birthday. Thanks. And I I swear at least once or twice a year I'll say some word and Danielle will say, "Wait, what did you say? How did you pronounce it?" and I'll realize I've been pronouncing it wrong my entire life and <laughs> nobody's corrected it me corrected me till then. So you, somebody you in my life Toronto.
0: keeps calling COVID-19 ni- COVID a coven 19
1: oh, or a coven
0: bigger. or coven and I'm like like a witch's coven because that sounds pretty cool like the 19 witches have descended upon the world to bring a plague um,
1: <laughs> is yeah. that person a mom
0: I, I cannot comment <laughs>
1: okay is it your mom i cannot
0: comment
1: it's totally your mom somebody moms have a way of mispronouncing things like i I had a childhood where my mom would be like you're playing too many nintendos like things were pluralized (laughs) when they didn't didn't need to be
0: well you know i had that i was i was talking to somebody british and they said maths plural and i was like that's stupid and then he's like no it's not it's mathematics you're the one who's saying math what, what's that like mathematic you don't know, say mathematic. say mathematics and i was like fine and what was there's something else that i was saying like i mean you know the rest of like europe pronounces aluminum aluminium
1: aluminium which is totally totally but,
0: but you look at the word aluminum in aluminium And aluminium is the proper way to pronounce all of those words in the order Mm -hmm. that they're letters, in the order that they are. But we're just like, nah, fuck it.
1: No, we'll just bastardize it.
0: Aluminum. We'll just, we'll just leave it. But yeah, there's there's definitely, even when I was a kid, I used to, when I moved to Canada, I used to call Loblaws, Blah Blahs. (laughs) (laughs) And I used to call Volleyball, Volleyball. (laughs) Oh
1: yeah, I could see that. Yeah, but I was a kid. That
0: was my excuse.
1: Uh, I used to say aeroplane instead of airplane. Or, oh, I used to um, say
0: death If somebody was hard of hearing, they were deaf.
1: Deaf? Deaf.
0: Instead of deaf, deaf.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Yeah. Um, I feel like it's a uh, common one with kids.
1: Dolphin instead of dolphin. But the one that was discovered recently was I, for some reason, all my life have added a G to the end of coin so I, I would say oh yeah I've got a coin in my pocket and there'd be a G on the end for some reason
0: wing, 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 wing. yep
1: and um, I think it took me until I was 36 to uh, get that one corrected
0: <laughs> yeah uh, what was the other one that I had um, subtleties and I, I remember I was like 18 and I read it out and I said subtleties
1: oh yeah or uh, <laughs> behemoth I used to say behemoth <laughs>
0: If I was, like, I'm reading off? it
1: from, like, a NES Final Fantasy manual or something when I was a kid. There was nobody pronouncing it to me.
0: Oh, here's one that I was guilty of until a couple years ago. I used to say mem instead of meme.
1: Oh, yeah. Or some people say meme or whatever. meme you know,
0: like,
1: Yeah, I think, it's, I think it's kind of or ambiguous. Or gif though. versus
0: "jeff," but I feel like gif has totally won out.
1: Oh, it's totally gif.
0: It's totally gif. No one's saying GIF
1: gif is unacceptable
0: um so we've known each other for a while so you I remember when you're doing the zombie stuff
1: yeah yeah so um I've always been a huge fan of Halloween as a holiday and spooky stuff and the paranormal and all these interesting things so whenever Halloween rolled around I, I would always try to do as much as I could for the holiday it was it was I think partially fear of missing out I, I remember having nightmares as a kid that you know trick-or-treating got canceled which hell might be coming true this year no. <laughs> and um so yeah in, in toronto um this this girl uh Thea munster she ended up putting together um the, the toronto zombie walk and it was just like a labor of love for her uh i think the first year that i joined it we had maybe 70 people Mm -hmm. and it was amazing it was you know you could you'd be shambling around somewhere in downtown Toronto people are sitting there in a coffee shop having their morning coffee and suddenly a horde of zombies comes down the street knocking on the windows and frightening people and it was just a lot of good fun and everyone enjoyed it and had a good time and then it grew and grew and grew every year till they had to like start shutting streets down because it got so massive and you had like I think the last number I, I heard was about 5,000 attendees all dressed as zombies. So just I heard this,
0: it got like super political and like, then it like broke off into like, it, that's what happens in Toronto. So they'll do like one good thing. And then people start arguing that it breaks off into like different wings of
1: yeah the event. Or, and I, I, I remember hearing something about how, you know, she wanted to do it without any sort of corporate sponsorship or anything, but you know, it just got too large to manage. And, you know, she had to block off young street one year and I, I don't think she wanted to be the, the Scotia bank, Toronto zombie walker. <laughs> like so I, I, unfortunately I didn't participate in, I think the last couple of years that it happened, it was, mm-hmm. it was pretty big at that point. Um, but I don't think she does it anymore. Um,
0: I don't think I they allow it anymore.
1: Yeah. I don't know. But, they definitely um, won't
0: allow it this year. Uh, for probably a couple reasons, Um, not just a group of people, but just maybe in bad taste of these people infected, pretending to be infected by a virus.
1: Yeah, yeah, who knows, might be a little sensitive right now for that sort of thing, but it's all in good, clean fun, Mm -hmm. Um, so I did that. I I worked at some Halloween haunt type events. So I was a scare actor at Canada's Wonderland, uh the Halloween haunt back back when it was called a uh, Fear Fest actually. Mm-hmm. Did that for I think five seasons and worked at a couple of smaller haunts around Toronto. And um I, I just I love that kind of stuff. It's it's a lot of fun.
0: Well and you also used to and I hope you will again used to throw some pretty baller Halloween parties.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, we used to have big house parties. Um, They were amazing and they were everything I wanted them to be, but the last time we did it, we realized, okay, it takes us like two weeks to set up the house (laughs) and decorate, and and then it takes about a week to tear it down. And I think what happened last time, like it was a good turnout and good crowd and everything, but you know, Mm -hmm. we've got fog machines going throughout the house and we've got decorations and it's dark and spooky. The problem is, is when your guests spill drinks or drop food or anything, Mm -hmm. they don't clean it up because they, well, they can't see it in the fog and the darkness. (laughs) So like the next morning after hosting this, this amazing party, we'd wake up and pretty much find our house trashed. And uh, yeah, we decided that was the last year to do (laughs) it. It was just, it was way too much time and effort. And maybe uh, you do
0: like a smaller one. Yeah. Yeah. At some point.
1: (laughs) yeah i'd I'd, I'd love to do it again so we'll see we're going to be probably leaving ottawa before the end of the year and and looking to move back closer to toronto so Mm -hmm. we'll see what the next place has for us who knows
0: so you spent a lot of time in salem yep satanic temple
1: yeah yeah we visited that um they're they're interesting people, and I've got on the wall here a glow in the dark satanic temple salem poster and they're uh yeah they they have some interesting you, you met tenants.
0: the you met the uh Salem police
1: yeah, he was one of our first instagram followers um uh forget his name and I don't know if you want it mentioned, but um it was like one of our first Instagram posts is uh, we saw the cop car rolling up down the street and I was like, oh, sorry, do you mind if I take a photo? And he's like, yeah, man, knock yourself out. And he did a quick pose for a second kind of jokingly and I managed to snap it off at the, the right time. Mm-hmm. But um, for those that don't know, Salem, the the police logo is actually a witch on a broomstick <laughs> in front of a, a moon.
0: The Witch so, City, Massachusetts, Salem Police.
1: That's right. So they they fully embrace... The, the whole witch heritage and history down there and it's just a a fun spooky place that uh is fun to go to even when it's not halloween when it is halloween it's absolutely crazy there just jam packed but um is yeah. it
0: do you think there's like a lot of actual practice not that i'm curious in the subject a lot of actual practicing witches that yeah that definitely live in salem
1: absolutely yeah there's there's um a whole bunch of different occult stores and, and witchcraft type stores where you can you know buy wands and crystals and that sort of thing they're very pro-witch so yeah there are a lot of practicing pagans wiccans are you and, pro-witch uh i'm pro whatever you want to do as long as you're not hurting anyone or forcing i to thought
0: <laughs> i thought that witches male witches were warlocks but i found out that's not true
1: yeah apparently that's a misconception it's a misconception is like a derogatory term to them or something. yeah
0: witches are gender
1: neutral yep yeah so, I, I think i may have learned that in salem of all places
0: <laughs> well that would be the place to learn it this is just something people i guess it's just my look i have a mean face i've been told <laughs> i have i have, I have oh, totally. mean eyes and a mean face, and I get told all the time that I look like I'm a witch, so I literally put in my bio, I'm like, I'm probably a witch.
1: Is this coming from your Instagram comments?
0: (laughs) People just message me, or come up to me on the street, or uh, professional people, they're just like, hey, like, I know this is really weird, but like, do you do like witchcraft? And I'm like, what? They're like, I know it's weird, but like, you just have this vibe, and um, well, going back if you look at european witchcraft and sicilian witchcraft is apparently the oldest form of witchcraft in the world they practice like malocchio and all this other stuff which my my grandmother taught me and she had mean eyes because i look like hmm. her so i i just kind of wonder if there's just this i don't know it goes way back who knows but who um, knows? It's, it's maybe great you're
1: sp- a powerful witch in a past life or something
0: i think like the be- the best way that I can describe whatever I've learned about witches and witchcraft, which has been a lot in the last year, just because it's come up so habitually that I just embrace it and like somebody was trying to pretend to like insult me and they're like, Nicole's a witch, one, two, three, uh, on Reddit. And I was like, Thank you. Like, I know you like <laughs> like, okay, it's supposed to be mean. Um, but I think it it's really the the way that another witch explained it to me, it's It's not about like casting spells and, and, um, you know, waving wands. It's kind of how you control your energy. Mm -hmm.
1: Setting Um, intention.
0: Setting intention, controlling energy, embracing your inner strength. It's a lot more self-helpy than I Mm kind of thought, you know, like, you know, you, you, you get a bunch of herbs, you mix them together. But it's like it's really the intention you have and the intention that you're putting into it and that, you know, the smell of those herbs or, or the fire or whatever elements that you're using um, are what's kind of just like in, enhancing that experience of your intentions and your energy. So that's, that's kind of what I've learned. I don't know if you've learned anything different maybe in Salem or if it's just more of like a novelty and history thing.
1: No, I, I think a lot of people take it very seriously. Um, some people subscribe to it as a religion, whether Wiccan or Pagan or something else. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do think it's a lot about self-setting intention. Um, you know, it's almost like positive affirmations or if you remember The Secret, you know, all about positivity and vision boards and that sort of thing. I, I Manifestation! Kind of, manifest destiny! Manifest um, destiny.
0: But, um, oh. sorry? Sorry?
1: No, I was going to say that's even like the uh, the tarot deck um, where, you know, some people will say, oh, it's a tool of the devil. But really, um, I, I think it, it can almost be like a form of meditation where, you know, you're you're flipping over cards and then you're trying to interpret the meaning and how it relates to your life. So I, I think it,
0: it's the same it's with astrology through... and yeah. I, I don't get crystal balls. That's one thing. I think they're pretty. It's my favorite emoji, but I don't. <laughs> I don't have a crystal ball I to stare into. And I'm like,
1: whoa. Um, I know somebody who actually um, has been uh Wiccan or pagan her entire life, as far as I know. And uh, she was talking to me about crystal balls and saying, you know, you relax your gaze and stare into it. And you may end up seeing things. And
0: They say you could do the same thing with candles though, with fire.
1: Yeah. Or um, in front of a mirror with a candle. Um, or there's even, you know, you have, you have the clear crystal balls, and then there's the all black ones for something called black mirror scrying. Um, oh. So whether it's, you know, kind of the, uh, what's the, the name of it when you're trying to, uh, when, when your brain is trying to pick up on patterns, and, you know, you end up seeing faces and things.
0: Hallucinating?
1: No, there's a specific word for it. i
0: can't Is it like Bloody time. Mary where you go into the bathroom and you spin around a bunch of times and then you <laughs> see like a, a ghost? You
1: are supposed to say it in the mirror three times um, and then you'll see it. I, I've never personally done it, but I freaked the hell out of some kids in grade five who were doing it in the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> I was, I, I went into the, the bathroom when I was at so grade five, I was 10 years old and I heard these two kids in there and they're egging each other on. They're like, come on, do it. No, man, I'm not going to do it come on you're scared no i'm not scared and then i hear them say it bloody mary three times and after the third time i realized the light switch is right next to my hand so i just start flicking it on and off on and off Such and then i run outside and just thing to do. go go right to the water fountain and I'm just like just taking a drink and they came running out and screaming and uh they were like, was that you and i was like what what are you talking about and they're like oh my god I don't remember who those kids were, if I even really knew them, but, uh, I'm hoping they're out there somewhere telling the story of the time they had this really weird Bloody Mary (laughs) experience and the lights turned on and off.
0: I, um, there used to be a movie, well, it still exists. Uh, I think it was called Monster Under My Bed.
1: Oh yeah. Or was it My Pet Monster? My Pet Monster. Was that the, they did the movie with Fred Savage? Yeah. Yeah, 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 I remember yeah. that. And they had the cartoon, the animated one with the uh, the guy with his poodle. I w-
0: when it came out, I think it was like I don't know when actually it came out. Um like
1: the late eighties, I'd think. Late eighties.
0: It'd been out for a while, but I was really young when I saw it and um it just freaked me out because they actually had like an actual man play the monster from under the bed. He was like done up in monster makeup. Oh, I remember yeah.
1: that. Yeah, I remember that.
0: It was not I gotta cute. Watch that one again. Yeah, it wasn't cute like the cartoon. And so it really yeah. freaked me out. And I went to bed. I'm a kid in California, Southern California. I'm like, oh my god, I can't sleep. I'm so scared. Blah, blah, blah. All of a sudden, my bed lifts off the ground. The whole house goes like flop. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ran out into my parents' bedroom. And I was like, listen, I know you think I'm crazy, but I know for sure there's a monster under my bed because, like, my whole mattress lifted up and, like, the whole house, like, shook. And they were like, it was just an earthquake. Go back to bed, sweetie.
1: <laughs> Welcome to California.
0: <laughs> I was, like, I was so sure that I was that one kid who actually had a monster under her bed. And it was just a goddamn Southern California earthquake. those well, was
1: pretty terrifying
0: sure um I don't think if if I wasn't in that mindset of speculating there was a monster under my bed um and the earthquake happened I wouldn't have cared but I was just like no definitely a monster I was just and I was in I, when I was in Los Angeles um in January I was woken up at like 4 a.m by an earthquake
1: and I, oh,
0: I was like I think it was an earthquake it's just like a bump right like yep. and I just uh I, I was going to type it in on my phone and then I fell asleep. And then and then like a couple of days later, I pulled up my, uh, my browser and it was like, was at earth quack. What? <laughs> like, <laughs> I was clearly very tired when I was typing it and I was like, Oh yeah, there's an earthquake. And I messaged my friend. He's like, yeah, there's an earthquake on Sunday. And I was like, right. Okay. Like obviously not <laughs> ruffled at all. Uh, okay. Having been through a lot of them earthquakes are only scary when they go on for, far too long, which is like more than five seconds, it feels like way too yeah, long.
1: I can imagine. I've I've experienced uh one that I remember back uh when I was living in Toronto and I just remember I'm sitting there working away on my computer and the monitor just started shaking and uh I was like, what the was hell? Was that during
0: like, the G eight summit?
1: I like ten don't years know. ago. This was yeah, it might have been around that time. Yeah. And um, I was just like, whoa, what the hell was that? And my sister was downstairs and I was like, did you feel that? And she's like, did you feel that? And yeah, it, it was more, it was, it was kind of cool.
0: They do but, happen uh, up here for sure. Um, oh, yeah. Do you have any real ghost stories?
1: I've had a couple of paranormal experiences throughout my life. Um, whether they're real or imagined, I'm I'm not sure. I like to be open-minded, but skeptical. But there, there have definitely been things that have happened that, uh, that I can't explain. Like? Well, um, so actually. Join us
0: tonight <laughs> on Unsolved
1: Mysteries. As we- Unsolved Melodies.
0: <laughs> this is all in homage to that show because it used to scare the crap out of I me as got- a kid.
1: Oh, same here. The intro of it and. Oh Robert my God. Stack it was just and- like.
0: And they never saw her again. If you have any information on the disappearance of Sharon King contact 1-800 it's like no Sharon come back
1: oh man I was raised on like unsolved mysteries Uh sightings later on the x-files outer limits outer limits um my mom and my sister used to rent all sorts of horror movies when I was way too young to be watching them
0: that was the the outer limits please stand by please stand by that used to scare (laughs) me so much I don't know why that really I like I cringe at that yeah
1: so I, think to, un- mm-hmm. a, I think there was an unsolved mysteries where I just remember on a TV it like turned on by itself and it was just a pair of eyeballs like staring, <laughs> and that scared the hell out of me when I was a kid. That I mm-hmm. like would refuse to look at the television if it was off and if anything went to static, that was really scary too. And then they yeah, made that movie, or uh,
0: or if it went to static in the the test, the oh beep,
1: yeah, that would just yeah.
0: really set me off. Yeah,
1: the emergency test tone. Um, yeah. And then they made that movie, um, White Noise, which was about like ghosts communicating through appliances. Oh, I remember
0: that. Yeah, that was kind of yeah. scary.
1: Yeah, I remember it scaring me. I don't remember it being that great of a movie, but um, yeah, you got a ghost in your blender. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think I was like Home Alone and probably like 19 or something or 18 when I when I watched it, I don't know. So it was pretty scary. Now these days, it it takes a lot to scare me. I can't think of the last time I was, I've actually been. Well, is it because reality's
0: scary enough right now?
1: Reality is scary enough. Um, I don't know. Just I think things like the paranormal is, is it's more fascinating than anything else. Mm-hmm. And I I wish I could be scared. I, I remember going to like Canvas Wonderland uh, back when it was Fear Fest. I remember going there with friends and like getting all the jump scares worked and I was freaking out and having fun and scared and excited. And it was great. But then when we actually work at a, at a Halloween place, like nobody can scare you. You have guests sneaking up on you trying to scare you. And to this day, like it takes a lot for any sort of jump scare to get me. Like it's, it rarely, rarely, rarely happens. Um, But I kind of want to be scared. I want to experience something safe, but scary, but
0: well no, there's, there's some pretty screwed up places that you can go for like uh is it in ohio and, and there's like a wait list and it's like an ex-military guy who does it
1: you probably think of mckamey manor which originally i think was in san diego it, it was definitely in california and then uh now i think it's in tennessee they like make um, you eat dog food yeah well actually I funny enough I think he runs a dog charity and I think the cost (laughs) of admission is cans of dog food but it's see I don't I don't want to do like an extreme haunt like that um you're pretty much signing up to be tortured and there's no way you're going to get through it and you're eventually going to tap out you're going to be forced to do horrible things and you're probably going to be waterboarded and put in painful situations like a lot
0: (laughs) of jobs I had when I was younger
1: (laughs) seriously but no, that's like, that's the extreme end of the haunt spectrum. Um, where I like it is is more on the safer side, but I actually like going to haunts where they're allowed to touch you because I think it adds a whole new element and unpredictability to it. And you're not going to get hurt. You're, you might get pushed around or roughed up a little bit, but it's just this whole uncertain aspect to it that, that adds a whole new layer than just, you know, kids in masks jumping out and scaring, trying to scare you.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think for me, I think people look at me, I'm a very petite person and they think that I scare easily, but I don't. And so usually when I, I try to go to as many haunted houses as I can in October. And uh, when I, I'm always put at the front and they kind of like, I guess, I don't know. You can tell that the the performers or whatever you want to call them are a little bit like, oh, I can't get her. But like, I just, I end up like, Kind of joining in, and I'll just because I'm leading the way, and I'll start screaming, and then everyone else will start screaming. I love that <laughs> stuff. I'm just like, That's you guys cool. are idiots, <laughs> nothing's <laughs> happening. I'll just be like, you know, and I, like the only thing that I don't like is that Canada's Wonderland they have this one uh, I don't know, station or whatever where you're walking in, and then eventually it's pitch black, and eventually you're forced your to crawl on your hands and knees kind of around an indoor maze. Oh, cool. I didn't like that. That wasn't scary. That That was just like... And I'm not even, like, claustrophobic. I just genuinely didn't like that.
1: Yeah, no, I could see that. I think that that's Blackout, I think they call that one. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think we got to do that the last time we were there. I think there was, like, a massive, massive lineup. Um, But, you know, it's all in good, safe fun. Even these more extreme ones, um, like uh, Haunted Basement in Minneapolis, that was the, the first touching one that we went to and you have to sign a waiver and we get in there and sure enough they split up danielle and i from each other and (laughs) it was it was an interesting experience did you um, do
0: um oh my god what is the place in new york city it's in soho uh
1: it's like dark sleep no more oh yeah i've done i've done sleep no more twice that's that's more like uh immersive theater I wouldn't say that's really a haunt, but it it kind of has somewhere spooky, like they split,
0: well, my experience was you get in the elevator, and then they start splitting people up on the different floors. so you're kind of yep. like launched into different parts of the story. And then they left me, they held me back on the elevator and they took me to the very top. The fifth and the got, yeah, and I was <laughs> alone. And then the guy in the elevator was like, whispered in race is like you deserve this and then pushed me out on the floor and it was just me and the two other actors and I was not comfortable with that (laughs) it was like you know less fun that they let some people go off in pairs but I was like on my own I was like I don't know what I'm doing Um, I remember
1: reading a lot about sleep no more after I visited like it's it's it was a really cool experience and there's like a whole wiki about it and all the different experiences and there's some secret ring quest where you have to find a ring and and I don't know they'd like take you into
0: like they'll also like remove you from the floor and like feed you tea with a spoon Hmm. um there's like chase scenes where you start chasing the actors um there's like the huge orgy scene at the end oh yeah
1: a big uh, naked rave with the guy with the goat head on.
0: It's like a lo- it was like, it had to have been about two or three hours. I don't know. I remember getting really tired and really wanting pizza after. <laughs> well, uh, it's but a it's cool. Of
1: hours and I think and they even you-
0: based like a Law and Order episode on it.
1: Oh, cool. Yeah. And there's been a whole bunch of immersive theater experiences that have come out since then. I've, I've been mm-hmm. to uh, a couple more in, in New York City and I know there's there's some happening over in L.A., but uh, what a, it's a cool concept. It's like instead of going to see uh, like a theater performance on a stage, you you are mm-hmm. on the stage and you have free will to follow the actors if you want or mm-hmm. branch off and explore. And it's a really cool concept.
0: It's the McKittrick Hotel. That's, That's right. right. It's the McKittrick Hotel. I had heard that they were going to turn Sleep No More because it's based off of uh, Macbeth and they were going to turn it into Alice in Wonderland. I had keep hearing this.
1: There was um, another one, I think it was called Then She Fell. And I think that was the Alice in Wonderland themed one. Mm-hmm. I didn't go to that one. I went to one, uh, it was like the grand, the grand something and it was kind of like retro vacation themed, kind of like 50s Hawaiian vacation t- type, uh, oh. type setup. But it was cool. It, it, it was an interesting, immersive experience.
0: Yeah, I guess they had like some Gatsby ones. I like the spookier ones. um, Because really, I mean, really immersive theater in a haunted house are not too far apart.
1: No, no, they're very similar. And actually um, the extreme haunt I was telling you about, Haunted Basement, um, the first time I did an immersive theater experience was in that same space. It was Mm -hmm. um, at a place called the Soap Factory. I know they've since changed venues. But I was working in Minneapolis at the time and heard on the radio, you know, something about Haunted Basement. Had to search it up and found out that they were doing... Um, so like with um, Sleep No More, they were doing Macbeth um, with Haunted Basement or uh, whatever it, it was called at, at the... What city the was factory. this? Minneapolis, Minnesota. Okay. Um, and they were doing War and Peace. So it was like this big, immersive um, happened in the the same space they were doing Haunted Basement. And, uh, it was a very, very cool experience. And, you know, there's violence and secret passageways and nudity and all sorts of crazy stuff that, uh, Mm -hmm. I I ended up taking a coworker. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go check out this immersive theater thing. I don't know if you'll be into it. And, uh, it just ended up being a sex club. There are, there, are some interesting things happening there, not, not to that extent, but um, it's called Oasis. Yeah. <laughs> oh God.
0: <laughs> um. Yeah. I mean, um. I really, I still, I know it's like super commercial, but I still go every year, um, to the Castleoma haunted house.
1: That's fun. Yeah, we've we've done that. I think uh, two of the years that they've been. Dealing, I don't think, I think. it's
0: spooky. Everyone who more, I brought with, they're like, "Oh my god, it's so scary!" I'm like, "It's not spooky. It's, it's like kind of
1: cool to look at. Like it's they they put a lot into the the set design and and that sort of thing. But it's it's, it's a more, nice walk. Yeah, like it's more theatrical, less.
0: Scary. I, I felt like they tried over the years to make it more like they would have like dancers or circus performers. So it was like Cirque du Soleil meets Sleep No More meets a haunted house. Um but yeah, no, it's it's like it's pretty it's it's higher end. I enjoy the basement part, like walking around through the basement of mm-hmm. Castleuma. That's that I mean that like is legitimately spooky. Um I don't know if you knew this, but like Castle was like a big part of uh Canada's involvement in World War Two. Um mm-hmm. they had a lot of like the I don't know, the secret communications go through like the secret tunnels there and stuff. I don't know. Yeah, well
1: Super that's spooky. like the towards the end where you go down the, the tunnel in the basement and you come out on the street and you try to figure out where you are and you realize Casa Loma is like way up the street.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So
1: yeah, our, my old high school was like that too. There was uh, like a long tunnel that connected it down to what used to be a, an insane asylum. And they used to transport <laughs> patients through these tunnels back in the day. Uh, it's uh, apparently a notoriously haunted location. Um, and I know it was used uh, during World War II as well.
0: If I could build a house, I'd want a bunch of secret shit in there.
1: I'd want like a
0: room with no doors, Um, you know, like uh, in Casper where he has that like slide, that secret slide into the basement, Um, you know, like bookshelves that are doors, like that's 100% gonna happen.
1: Absolutely. No, we've all dreamed of having that sort of thing in our house. And, you know, thanks to the internet, you can look up plans on how to make, you know, a secret bookshelf door. And there's, I know there's professional companies out there that do that. I actually grew up in a house um, in Toronto that had a couple of secret passageways and some weird stuff to it. What? uh, Yeah. And I was, I was there over the weekend. My mom still lives there. Um, Oh, really?
0: This is the one I went to?
1: Uh yeah, I I'm pretty sure you've been there. Yeah. Um But uh as soon as we went into the basement over the weekend, we were, we were standing there over the weekend and cat sitting for her and while uh they were up at the cottage. And uh Danielle was like, Oh yeah, aren't there secret passageways down here? And I'm like, Yeah, you're standing right next to one. There's a door in the wall there. If you pull the top of the wall, it's it's a whole door that you can't tell. Um it's all like painted over wood paneling. And uh it used to be like the the oil tank room. And there's two other secret rooms in the basement, one of which is just a set of stairs that goes up into the ceiling, like it goes to nowhere. And right. Because, and the other one's uh... a
0: sex dungeon.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, it's uh well I don't know if that's what they use it for. I hope hope not, but no, it's like the the freezer room. It's like a deep freezer in there. And I don't know, it's kind of cool. It's just um I think because of additions that were put onto the house or something like that I I know the stairway used to go outside and then they built uh, a bedroom over it um, so they just I guess sealed it up but it was it was kind of cool having that growing up
0: Hmm. I um. I have a ghost story do you want to hear it absolutely it's super spooky so you might want to like turn on a light or something
1: (laughs) (laughs) I hope it's super spooky
0: I and my wild youth used to um, visit abandoned houses because I'm cool and edgy. Cool. And um, I went with uh, my boyfriend at the time and I went with um, a, a, a photographer friend and uh, we went to this house and it was like the windows were blown out, but it had these beautiful like yellow and turquoise walls. It was like an old farmhouse in the middle of a field. And we got in there and you could just hear doors slamming, just kept slamming. Okay. We're like, Oh, it's windy. It's fine. Mm -hmm. And then we, um, and then the two guys, their eyes started burning really, really badly. And so this
1: could be allergies.
0: (laughs) Well, I didn't have any issue. So the doors keep slamming. Their eyes start burning to the point where like, we have to rush out of the house. They're like pouring stuff in their eyes. They can't see. Um, it was really brutal. So we left. The next day, I drive by. Guys, the house is gone. Hmm. It had burnt down that early that morning, reportedly struck by lightning. What? right?
1: That That is bizarre.
0: So I have the photos from that photo shoot. I still drive by that house or where it was. I still can. I, I have recently. And um, I mean, look, was it haunted? Of course, because that makes the story <laughs> so much more interesting. Could it have been that there was asbestos and the fact that I'm five foot three and these guys were over six feet tall? <laughs> and so they were having getting stuff in their eye because they were quite a bit taller than I was. <laughs> and the doors were um, closing because it was windy. And maybe somebody who owns the property saw us and they're just like, you know what? That thing's a safety hazard. Let's just burn it down.
1: Yeah. You never know, So we don't have something. these crazy
0: teenagers coming and trampling through. <laughs> I mean, that takes the wind out of my sails on that story, but I stick with the spooky side of things. It was pretty spooky in there.
1: Yeah, maybe something was trying to warn you guys and get you out of there.
0: You know, out of there. <laughs> I wouldn't go into the basement. They wanted to go into the basement, but I've seen that movie. You don't go into the basement.
1: No, the basement's the source of all evil, always.
0: Always, always. Which
1: actually comes back to the ghost story Mm -hmm. that uh, I was going to talk about earlier. So you're talking about, you know, the, the ghost under your, or the monster under your bed. And it reminded me, um, one of the first bizarre kind of paranormal or questionable experiences I had when I was a kid was for some reason, I like to, every once in a while I would sleep in the living room. I'd, I'd take a sleeping bag and a pillow and sleep on the floor, sleep on the couch and It was was so
0: cool when you got to sleep on the couch, like when you were sick or something as a kid. You're like, "Yeah, I'm sleeping on the couch," like (laughs) a wild person.
1: Yeah, it was just change the scenery, you know, Mm -hmm. from your usual bedroom. So when I was a kid, you know, like we talked about, raised on unsolved mysteries and sightings and all those shows, which actually we're we're revisiting. We've been watching. um, Are you afraid of the dark? And goosebumps and. Tales from the Crypt Keeper, the animated series. <laughs> and uh, so like I was I was raised on this kind of stuff and had a very active imagination. But I remember waking up on the couch in the middle of the night one night and um, the basement door at the time was closed and it was it was, you know, a couple of steps away from where my head was on the couch. And I remember waking up for some reason in the middle of the night, sitting up, being fully awake, fully conscious, and all of a sudden, the basement door handle started rattling, like somebody on the other side was violently trying to open it. Mm-hmm. And I jumped up, I ran to my parents' room, I woke them up, I was hysterical, and uh, I'm like, oh, there's a, there's a monster, there's a ghost, something's in the basement, I, I didn't know what to believe. Mm-hmm. And my, my parents, you know, they, they thought I was having just a dream, um, but they still got up and checked it out and made sure, you know, nobody broke in or anything like that. And no, nobody was down there. Nobody broke in. But I remember clear as day, the door handle rattling and it scaring the hell out of me when I was a kid. Um, these days, I look back and I think hmm, maybe it was sleep paralysis, which seems to be the cause of a lot of paranormal experiences for people. Um, sleep paralysis
0: I, I... is very specific, though. That doesn't fall into the, to the category as somebody who suffered with sleep paralysis most of my life. It's usually an ominous presence or figure standing over you and you can't move.
1: Yeah, like the the old hag or somebody will feel like a weight on their chest, I've heard. Um, I only had it once when I was a kid and it wasn't scary. I just, it felt like I I couldn't move and felt like my eyes were glued shut and I couldn't open them. Yeah, that's definitely
0: sleep paralysis, but a door opening and shaking, that's not sleep paralysis.
1: No, and there was like no break between seeing it and like, jumping up and running to my parents bedroom like I remember seeing it my mind going oh my god is is this really happening and like freaking out and running it wasn't like I woke up from a bad dream where it happened so
0: I had my most my most significant paranormal experience in December I think really? I already told I probably already told the story on the podcast but it really freaked me out <laughs> um <laughs> I I think I was hallucinating from lack of sleep. Yeah,
1: that's and, possible. Um,
0: but it was really strange. I um, was in my apartment and I was working on music to like 4 a.m. It was a full moon, and I don't sleep on like just, I'm one of those people that I never believed in like full moons and new moons and stuff like that, but I 100% do now, especially working with animals. And it's just oh, yeah. like full moons produce more light, so people tend up to to have trouble sleeping
1: more light. It affects the tides. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely believe there, there's something to it. And growing up, that was just, you know, I remember my mom would say, Oh, watch out. It's a full moon tonight. People are going to be crazy. And it seems like when it is a full moon, people are a little crazier and wilder. Oh, there, was and- a full,
0: there was a full moon this past Saturday, and I could tell you stories of stuff that happened. And I was just like, so chill about it. So I was like, I was expecting this go on. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I had gone to bed And I, um, turned off the lights and I saw like strobes across, like with my eyes shut, like you would see if you had just, um, had a, you know, your picture taken with a flash and Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, I'm going to turn the lights on. Am I having a seizure? (laughs) Turn the lights on nothing. But then I look to, I mean, I sleep in a king size bed, but I sleep on one side of it because whatever. Um, (laughs) and I looked to the side and there's a glowing orb about the size of a watermelon just beside me. And I was like, that's fucked up. And I was like, I really need to sleep. And so I looked at my dogs and they were just like, whatever. And I was like, I think I'm hallucinating. So I turned off the lights, lay back down, and again, this like flashing lights in front of my eyes. And I'm like, fuck. So I turn the lights and I'm just like me in this orb, just like kind of like glittery, uh, you know, amber type color orb. And I'm just kind of sitting at it, looking at it. And I wasn't scared. I felt like maybe somebody was trying to visit me, but it was at a very inconvenient time, but maybe they only had like this little window to do so. And I was just like, I really want to sleep. I was like, I really want this to stop. I really want to go to sleep now. And so I turned off the lights and I turned over, and the orb was just there in the dark. And I had thought that I was having like either seizures or a migraine. Um, And I thought that the light, if it was a migraine, the light would would be like an aura following my eyes around the room, but it was stationary.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was going to ask if it was. Staying in one place or moving around. It was
0: staying right on the other side of the bed, right next to me, stationary. And I was like, "This fucked up." Crazy. And then, so that's happening. And then, then I look to the ceiling, and the ceiling starts filling with smoke. What? Yeah, and it's like billowy smoke, and it just gets darker and darker, heavier smoke. I don't. It's. I know it's not real. Like I'm looking. Uh, what's going on? I'm like, it's four o'clock in the morning. I'm really tired. I haven't, I think I had just gotten back from LA or something. I was jet lagged. And so the the ceiling starts filling with smoke and it starts kind of like billowing around the doorway. And I was like, I'm, I'm just going to close my eyes. (laughs) And I fell asleep And I woke up and everything was fine.
1: Wow. Um, And where was your phone or camera the entire time?
0: You know, what's funny. It didn't dawn on me to take a picture. (laughs) That's really funny. And I'm like a person who takes a picture of everything.
1: Yeah.
0: It it was it was such like a surreal experience where I was just I was so tired. I was like annoyed it was happening. I wasn't like, wow, this is kind of magical and cool. I was like, I wanna to go to bed. Let me go to sleep. Why is this happening now? I'm not in the mood <laughs> for this. And uh it was very weird. And I'm sure it was just like a hallucination from sleep dep- deprivation and uh you know, me being crazy and staying up too late. And a full moon. Uh, but now I know not to stay up late on full moons. Ever since then, I was like, you were going to do whatever you have to do just to stay asleep.
1: <laughs> oh, man. See, I'd be the opposite. I'd be like, all right, let's try to recreate it, recreate the environment. And
0: I never thought about why I didn't think to take a picture. That's so you, weird.
1: You hear stories about people that have paranormal experiences or experiences with aliens and UFOs or Um, in a group setting they'll experience something and then they won't talk about it just everyone kind of subconsciously agrees we're not going to bring this up on the rest of the camping trip or whatever you know and it is until later that maybe a couple months down the road that somebody brings it up so I have strange about that
0: I woke up with a honeycomb almost a perfect honeycomb shape burn on my back um, like three or four days ago I'll show you the, I'll send you the picture after. And uh, I showed my parents and they were like, what did you do? And like, we went through my, my bed, anything that I could have like burned myself on. And I was like, nope, it was just like this perfect honeycomb shape. So I have no idea. it remind the first thing I thought of is the burns that you see from people who get abducted by aliens or interact with spaceships. <laughs> so that's where my mind went because I'm creative. Um, I have no idea maybe it was like a chemical reaction to something but it's like a perfect burn and it's right in the middle of my back it looks intentional it's it's super yeah. weird and I don't have any tattoos or piercings or any anything so I don't know some sometimes weird stuff happens to me but I think it's a part of being a redhead <laughs> honestly we we attract the weird and the wonderful
1: that is strange it that, that actually reminded me um so similar to the story of me Sleeping on the couch, I, I actually I may have been sleeping on the couch because I did have my sleeping bag that night. But I remember when I was a kid and watching these these TV shows about aliens and UFOs, and of course every single plane that goes by in the distance outside our window, I'd be like, is that a UFO? Could that be one of them? And they used to scare the hell out of me when I was a kid. And I remember waking up in the middle of the night underneath this giant skylight that was in our kitchen that was added to the house while we were living there. So. I was always afraid of going under the skylight when I was a kid because I, I was afraid if I looked up, I'd see an alien like peering into the house. And I remember waking up in the middle of the night in my sleeping bag underneath the, the skylight. So I, I mm-hmm. must've slept walked. And I remember thinking, Oh my God, did a guy, did I get abducted? And um, you talking about the, the mark on your body totally reminded me of something I forgot about, which is um, in my neck or on like my right shoulder, there was like this this hard bit of something underneath the skin. I remember having it when I was like 12. I don't know if it was like a, a cyst or something like that, but it, it was like this kind of hard, small, cylindrical, maybe the the size of a grain of rice or something underneath the mm-hmm. skin. And of course, from watching Unsolved Mysteries and stuff, I, I totally thought, could this be an alien implant? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, there was just a story mm-hmm. about that on sightings the other night. So yeah, childhood imagination, lots lots of fun. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Lots of fun, and like I personally believe in aliens, I think it's irrefutable at this it just wouldn't make sense for there not to be. Yeah, um, and I got really obsessed with the um, the uh, Nevada desert aliens from the uh, they call them the tall whites.
1: Oh, yeah, it
0: was really Charles, I can't remember what his name was. Do you know who I'm talking about?
1: I think so. We we listen to coast to coast AM and different, uh, horror and paranormal podcasts and that sort of thing. Oh, I probably,
0: it's on prime. It's on prime video. Uh, Charles James Hall, who claims that he was living with extraterrestrials for two years called Hmm. the tall whites, um, that, or he was a white supremacist. Who knows? No.
1: (laughs) Oh, (laughs) Oh, there's like,
0: there's a new documentary and it just came out. Oh my God. I'm going to have to watch this.
1: Sweet. The story I watch that tonight.
0: Is, is based on the book series Millennial Hospitality by Charles James Hall, who claims that he was living with extraterrestrials for two years. Charles was scared to death during his first encounters with the tall whites, as he calls them, but after some months, he overcame his worst fears, started to communicate with the extraterrestrials, and slowly getting to know them. There was that, and there was a, there was a, a documentary that came out I want to say his name was Bob Lazar.
1: Oh, Bob Lazar, I think.
0: Bob Lazar. I watched that and I was like,
1: whoa. I still haven't seen that one. Do you recommend
0: highly, it? Highly recommend it.
1: Nice. Yeah, I'll it, check it out.
0: Okay. So, the weird thing about that documentary, though, is that it is narrated by an actor. And the narration is really over the top. It's not just the acting that's over the top, but it's the actual narration. Um, it's, it's Mickey Rourke.
1: Oh, my God.
0: So it was really cool.
1: <laughs> so that were, that's what he's been up to.
0: He's been up to a lot. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's M- Mickey Rourke. Am I making this up? No, yeah, Mickey Rourke. He's a narrator. Um, definitely watch it. And I'm going to watch that Charles Hall one. Um, but one last question. Can you explain the photo on your Instagram where your partner, Danielle, is in a devil's costume oh, God. talking to the police in a cemetery?
1: Oh, boy. We actually – it's funny. I i told the story on Saturday night, <laughs> so its it's fairly fresh. So this was after we joined Instagram and decided, you know, we have a lot of fun, let's, you know, post our, our adventures online and show people these fun, cool, spooky things that we're doing and inspire others to to do the same. And uh, we were fully into it and going on these adventures and and posting content, and I ended up picking up a drone. So we we're trying to think of something fun to do with this drone, and somehow we came up with the idea of let's, let's go to... Um, halloween costume what is it spirit halloween let's go to spirit halloween and get devil costumes and we'll get drone footage of us dancing around in a cemetery so we went out got the costumes found uh, a cemetery just outside of hamilton in stony creek that um, i could legally fly the drone and it wasn't in restricted airspace or anything and as I'm setting it up, you know, we, we kind of both realize, you know, it's a little disrespectful for us to be dancing on graves or anything like that. So let's let's scratch that idea, but we'll we'll still film here, but we'll do it off to the side. So we set up the drone, had it flying in the air, and we are just doing shots of us like running at each other in these devil costumes and skipping around. Um, you didn't see any of the, the tombstones or anything. It was like the edge of the cemetery. And as we're filming, and just kind of goofing around i guess somebody saw us doing this and called the cops on us because a police car pulls up to danielle and danielle's just standing there like uh chris you want to put the drone down and i i just recently got my drone and went through the the certification process so i knew knew the rules i had to be in full control of it at all times so i had to land this thing So I landed it and went over and talked to the cop and he's like, oh, you guys aren't allowed to be flying drones here. Meanwhile, he didn't even ask why we're in double costumes or anything. (laughs) But uh, yeah, he's he's like, oh, you can't fly it here. And I'm like, well, actually I I can, you know, this, this airspace is, it's not restricted, but if, if you're telling me I'm not allowed, then I, I can respect that. And he's like, yep. Yeah. Move along. So you know, he took off. I went to pick up the drone the whole time and thinking, I hope I got the shot. I hope I got the shot. And I wasn't even trying to get the shot, but sure enough, as I'm landing the drone, managed to get some good video of Danielle standing there, like, awkward and embarrassed next to the cop car. <laughs> so, fun <That's> times. <laughs>
0: amazing. So, what's what's next for you guys? What are you going to be doing? YouTube channel, uh, online, what, what's the plan, man?
1: we got to come up with something fun. Um, A lot of it was going on fun road trips and exploring the United States and doing paranormal investigations with some, like, travel channel ghost hunting celebrities and and that sort of thing. And and so, I don't know, we would love to do another spooky road trip, another, you know, paranormal investigation, something like that. But I just, I don't know if that's, now is the time to do it with the pandemic.
0: Kingston, you're not far.
1: Yeah, they they had a couple of outbreaks there recently, though, so I don't know, but, um, then again, you know, these big abandoned old, you know, mental asylums and there's one in Sudbury. Oh, okay, didn't know about that. Really? We passed through Sudbury on the way to to Paracon, the place where we met the Ouija board people, but, Mm -hmm. um, no, I haven't really explored Sudbury other than just stopping by. So
0: I've never been, Good. I've just seen a lot of photo shoots at abandoned uh psych ward hospital. Oh
1: yeah, and, they're uh, they're all over.
0: Yeah. So people can find you at We Have Fun Official. The official yep. place to have fun. Um <laughs> I I hope, you know, for the world's sake, this whole COVID thing gets knocked on its butt. Um but uh, mostly so I can live vicariously through your spooky adventures. It's kind of romantic to me Aww. to have, be like a couple going through and like going to Salem and going to haunted houses. I think Halloween is super romantic.
1: It is. It, it can be. And it's definitely been a good bonding experience for, for us. And I guess it's, it's definitely brought, brought us closer and we both have a good, healthy appreciation for it. So, maybe
0: you guys should write a relationship book about Halloween and how it can strengthen your relationship.
1: <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I don't know about that. But no, it's just like we do these long road trips, and um, if we can survive driving about 10,000 kilometers throughout the States in a month and not want to kill each other you you know you know we're good for life so
0: well i encourage people to follow you and uh and danielle on your spooky adventures and um hopefully we can collaborate on some type of spooky adventure in the future
1: that would be amazing i'd love to do that
0: spooky adventure time with late july and we have fun official i'm just working on the song right now
1: it sounds pretty good. needs needs a little polish, but you know it's passable.
0: Um, whatever. It's a hit. It's a bop. <laughs> um, thank you so much for joining us, Chris. I can't wait for your next spooktacular adventures.
1: Thanks so much for having me. That was a good time.